This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon. This is Marshall Davis. This is another talk on Christian non-duality. Sin is duality. Non-duality is salvation. Forgiveness is non-dual awareness. That in 10 seconds is what I'm going to talk about for the next 10 minutes. The biggest obstacle to Christians hearing the message of non-duality is the church's traditional teaching on sin and salvation. Christianity is all about sin, how the first humans began sinning, the consequences of sin, how we can be forgiven by God for our sins, the importance of refraining from sinning. Christianity's preoccupation with sin has a shadow side, which is a load of guilt, judgment, hypocrisy, and fear of punishment and eternal hell, which Christianity says is the just punishment from a wrathful holy God who is also described as perfect love. I have heard biblical religion described as a sin management system. In the Old Testament, sin was dealt with through an elaborate system of sacrifices. In Christianity, sin is dealt with through the supreme, once-for-all human sacrifice of Jesus offered on the cross, which is said to completely atone for sin and provide the basis for complete forgiveness of sins. To avail oneself of this offer of complete forgiveness, it is said one must have faith in Jesus as Lord. Now what Christians never question is the premise of this whole theological system, which is dualism. Dualism is a belief that reality is two. It is a battle between good and evil, right and wrong, sinners and saints, God and Satan, heaven and hell, life and death, sin and righteousness, the children of light versus the children of darkness, angels, demons, good guys versus bad guys, and on and on and on. It assumes that duality is reality. It assumes that it is possible to be separated from God and that something as simple as eating some forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden is sufficient to cause the whole human race to be permanently condemned and separated from God. Now, as you could probably tell, I have some problems with that theological system. Actually, I have a lot of problems with it. For one thing, it all sounds very passive-aggressive to me. But the primary problem is that it does not jibe with reality, which I experience as non-dualistic, not dualistic. 
There is no doubt that dualism appears to be true at first glance. That list of dualities that I just gave a moment ago appears to describe the world until one pulls back the curtain and sees what is behind the shadow play. When one stops looking outward at this display of duality and turns one's attention inward, then one sees a very different reality, so different that it takes your breath away. It literally wakes us up. Behind this drama of duality, all is one, and that one is God. Trace all dualities back as far as you can go, and the buck stops with God, who is one and not two, as the Bible clearly says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Now we can discover this for ourselves simply by reasoning back to the beginning of the universe as science has discovered it. Before there was good and evil, heaven or earth, in the beginning God, says the opening words of the Bible, as that controversial verse in the book of Isaiah says, I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, unless you posit a primordial dualism, that in the very beginning there were two gods, both an evil and a good god, equal in every way, unless you posit that, then duality falls apart. If in the beginning there was only God, one God, then all dualities had to begin with God, who is one. In any case, that's the reasoning approach. Better still is just to look for ourselves. Instead of looking out at the dualities of the world, look inward. What do you see when you look inward? Not what you were taught to see, but what do we really see? I see awareness without division. All the seeming dualities of the outside world is actually experienced as a whole, as a unity. Furthermore, that unity is vast and it is endless and it fully accepts everything in the world, fully unconditionally loving, you could say. My own direct experience tells me that duality is actually an appearance in non-duality. By direct seeing of this, which Jesus calls the kingdom of God, we see that God encompasses all. And all those theological maneuverings about sin and sacrifice that try to reconcile God and humans is revealed as just a mental game. It's just a way that humans have invented in order to try to get back to that unity. But the reality is that it's always been this unity. Viewed in a dualistic way, the gulf between God and humans seems so vast 
that it could only be bridged by some drastic solution. And so for centuries the Hebrews slaughtered millions of animals to ward off the judgment and wrath of God and appease God and thereby bridge the gap. Then they saw that this wasn't working, especially after the Jerusalem temple was permanently destroyed in 70 AD and they couldn't do the sacrifices anymore. So Jews came up with what we now know as Judaism, which did an end run around the whole need for sacrifices. Christianity at that time had already split off from Judaism. It was creating a new system. It reasoned that in the death of Jesus, God had offered and received a perfect sacrifice that fulfilled and completed all those biblically mandated sacrifices. That God offered his only begotten son, who was divine and human, as a human sacrifice, and that solved the problem of sin once for all. So it boils down to this, that God offered himself as a sacrifice to himself to save humans from himself, and all this was to satisfy a system of divine justice that he himself had made up. And that convoluted reasoning seemed to do the trick for centuries, as long as you did not examine it too closely. But then, during the Age of Reason, people began to examine it, and they saw that it really didn't make sense. You know, why go through an elaborate rigmarole just to allow God to do what God wants to do and has always been able to do? Why not just do it? That revelation sliced through the Gordian knot. Then spiritually minded people saw that the solution was simpler than they had ever imagined. And it was what Jesus preached before theologians made him into a human sacrifice. It is the kingdom of God which is at hand that just needs to be seen and accepted just as Jesus said. All it takes is a shift in perspective, which is what Jesus called repentance. Kingdom of God is not out there or up there somewhere, not hard to reach or hard to get to. It's within us and in our midst, all around us. All we have to do is to have eyes open to see as Jesus was fond of saying over and over and over again, but people could not see or would not see. The only sin is not looking and not believing what we see. It is being too blind to see, as Jesus told the Pharisees. That is the original sin, and the only solution to that sin is to open our eyes. And it's so easy, it's so obvious that it is overlooked. It's right before our eyes. Even a child can see it. In fact, only when we see like a child can we see it. Jesus said that children were of the kingdom of God, and that we have to become like little children in order to enter the kingdom of God. And when we do, we see reality and we experience complete forgiveness. 
non-duality solves the problem of sin and forgiveness. Sin is failing to see the unconditional acceptance of all that is. And when we see this, then all that burden of sin and guilt falls away. All is forgiven because that is who God is and who we are. And we can forgive as we are forgiven, as Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer, because forgiveness is what we are. And if this is what we are, we cannot do otherwise. Now, how about the death and resurrection of Jesus? How does that play into all of this? The cross and the resurrection are spiritually rich and powerful symbols. And in fact, they are more than symbols. They are spiritual reality when seen in a non-dual perspective. They are death and rebirth, the death of dualistic self and the resurrection of unitive self, God becoming human and dying to human self and rising as divine self, the death of mortal self and the rebirth of eternal self. Seen this way, the central truths of Christianity remain intact and are more powerful than ever, just seen in a different light. But don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it. See for yourself. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Music